Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You know that line, we'll always have Paris? Uh, yeah, maybe not. This week on Parts Per Billion, the president's decision to leave the Paris Climate Agreement. Hello and welcome to a special breaking news edition of Parts Per Billion. I'm your host, David Schultz. This is Bloomberg BNA's podcast where we discuss environmental policy issues with reporters, newsmakers, and experts. This week, we're doing something a little different and bringing you a podcast on a breaking news item that literally just happened a few moments ago after much buildup and hype. President Trump finally announced that he would withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Climate Change Agreement. But he also said he was open to reentering the agreement if its terms were changed. To figure out what all of this means, we called up Eric Lyman, a Bloomberg BNA correspondent in Rome, who's been covering international climate issues for years. And we started off by asking Eric, so does this mean the agreement is basically dead? No. Other countries have said that they want to uh, continue with, their, with the goals that they, they agreed to as part of the Paris Agreement. But, uh, but there's a worry that uh, it, it will throw a wrench into the plan. The predecessor to the Paris Agreement was the Kyoto Protocol from 1997. The U.S. famously stayed out of that. And as a result, the Kyoto Protocol never had the, the sort of traction that it was expected to have. And the big worry is that the Paris Agreement may also uh, suffer in that kind of a way. Uh, the, the U.S. is the world's second largest emitter of greenhouse gases behind China. It's the world's biggest economy, the world's biggest exporter. And so having the country on the sidelines is, 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 a, is a big deal. But, uh, but the process is much more robust than it was back in 2001 when the United States pulled out of the Kyoto Protocol. So there are also hopes that uh, some meaningful work will, will be able to go forward even without without the U.S. participating. It's also worth noting that the U.S., even though Donald Trump said that he wanted to withdraw right away, it won't be effective right away. The rules of it say that uh, nobody can withdraw until three years after the agreement goes into effect, which was last November. And then once they indicate that, the withdrawal is only effective a year later. So that basically would, um, would put uh, the withdrawal of the United States formally right around the uh, presidential elections in 2020. So for the time being, the U.S. is still involved. It may not be a proactive uh, participant, but uh, no, the, the, the treaty is not dead, and, uh, but it's, it's taken a blow. So there's still time, uh, I guess, to reconsider this between now and, I guess, 2019 if Trump uh, has a, you know, cha- changes his mind. Yes, but the problem is, is that, you know, the Obama administration had put in place a lot of mechanisms to try to ratchet down emissions and so on. And so 
even if uh, the the U.S. just sort of sat on its hands for a year and then changed its mind, it would be almost impossible for it to reach the goals that it had put in its uh, nationally determined contribution, which was its goal. The U.S. said it was going to reduce emissions by 26 to 28 percent between 2005 and 2025. It is more or less on pace to do that right now, uh, but it wouldn't take long for that to become uh, out of reach. And how do you think other countries will, will respond to this? And particularly, I'm thinking of China and the major EU countries, Germany, France, um, the UK, uh, countries like that. Well, it's interesting you pick those specific examples, uh, because tomorrow there's going to be a big announcement, tomorrow Friday, uh, in Brussels about a EU-China uh, climate uh, accord. Um, these these two blocks seem, seem at least at first to be as determined as ever to to move things forward. And there's a lot of talk that uh, with the U.S. on the sidelines, even before this announcement, the idea that the U.S. is going to play um, a protagonist role in this process were, were greatly diminished after the election of uh, President Trump last year. And uh, in that the, the vacuum, the power vacuum, or the influence vacuum in the process would be filled by China. Um, China is being uh, very aggressive in trying to uh, generate more power from green and renewable energy sources. They're, they're um, inspired in part by climate change and also just air quality issues. A lot of Chinese cities are, have almost unbearably bad uh, air quality, and they want to try to improve that. And they're making great headway. So at least at first, it seems like uh, these two blocks, along with India um, and Japan, uh, the other uh, major economies, Canada for that matter, uh, say they're going to stick with it. The problem is one of the one of the goals for trying to uh, keep uh, global temperature change to less than two degrees Celsius this century compared to pre-industrial uh, levels uh, was that it was going to require a lot of action before 2020. Uh, that's when most terms of the Paris Agreement were going to come into effect. And now uh, this is just throwing a whole bunch of uncertainty into that level, into that area. And so it seems very likely that the uh, pre-2020 ambition, which is the way it's referred to in the process, is not going to be nearly as strong as a lot of people would have hoped. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned about the announcement in Brussels tomorrow. Is, that, uh, is the timing on that uh, coincidental or maybe not so coincidental? I haven't heard any, any uh, official link uh, about that. Uh, I know that the that the EU-China uh, accord was announced before President Trump um, said that he was going to to speak today, because that that uh, that decision to to speak on June first just came out a few days ago when he was at the Group of Seven summit here in Italy. So uh, the, the 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 Brussels thing was on was on the agenda before that, but people knew that the U.S. announcement was going to come out around the G7. So the fact that they ended up being around the same spot in the calendar is probably intentional. The fact that one followed the other by a day is probably a coincidence. Well, and then finally, I, I wanted to ask you kind of to take a step back and think about what uh, impact this will have on the overall climate uh, in general. You know, I think in his announcement, President Trump said that this actually really won't have uh, an impact, that, that uh, the U.S. withdrawing from the Paris Accords will, will not affect, uh, you know, the progression of climate change uh, in any way. Um, what, uh, what do you think about that? Well, from a, from, a, from a scientific basis, if the only thing that changed between two scenarios is one is everybody was doing it, and then the other one is everybody but the United States was doing it, the, the truth is the difference is probably fairly small. 
not, I, I don't think it's as small as what the president said, which was yeah. two-tenths of one degree by the end of the century. Um, I, I think that he was doing some liberal rounding off uh, to come up with that figure. But the tr- but his larger point is probably not that inaccurate, that the, 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 the difference of the world, including the U.S., and the world excluding the U.S., probably not a great difference. What is um, what is what is problematic is that uh, it can have a ripple effect, uh, and and uh, and so, like I said, other countries will do less before 2020 because of this uncertainty. Uh, you know, people in corporations say the thing that they want most is to be able to predict what they're going to be required to do in two, five, ten, twenty years, and so on. This this makes a lot of that hard to uh, hard to do, and. Um, and then there is a possibility that some companies and some countries may decide to try to uh, backslide, maybe not right away, but let's say that they see that their U.S. competitors are not needing to follow these rules, and as a result, they're making products cheaper or faster or they're shipping them easier or something like that. They might start to pressure their governments into doing something uh, similar. And, uh, and so if it happened in a vacuum, the changes are not that great. But as it, it's not happening in a vacuum, and so... We don't know what the ripple effects are going to be. It's impossible to forecast. But there's no doubt that uh, in a few years down the line, we'll look back and we'll see this as a turning point. That's international climate reporter Eric Lyman talking about the Paris Climate Agreement. For more of our reporting on climate change, visit our website at bna.com. This episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for Parts Per Billion is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.